open our Bibles to Joshua. Joshua 7. God has been so good to us today already. And uh, thankful for my church family. Appreciate the kind words that have already been said. and But God gets the glory for sure. Amen. Without Him, we can't do anything. And I thank God for you. I thank God for your faithfulness. And I know we're fighting battles. I know there's some here tonight. I feel like we're fighting some battles. And I want to encourage somebody today. But uh, I want to do it in the sense of what that word really means to, to give you courage. That's right. To put courage in you to fight your battle. Yeah. Amen. It's going to take courage. We can't be wimps. We can't be uh, just just kind of floating down the stream. we got to have a backbone. And it takes courage to stand up and say, I'm not going to lose. I'm going to win. Not in me, but in him. And I know the battles we're fighting, it's really, really tough. Sometimes we face things and, and we don't really consider. That's the devil's really, his strength for us to not really see how he's working in our lives. Not every problem that happens is a battle, but how the enemy might use that problem. To work on our attitude, to steal our joy, to steal our peace. I want to help you today to fight some battles and win. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for, Lord, you're just the victory that you have promised us, Lord, in you. Lord, I pray for each one here today because I know, Lord, if we haven't fought a battle, we're going to fight a battle. Or we may be fighting it even right now, Lord. But, God, I pray that you would... Put your courage in us and strengthen us, Lord, to be overcomers. We love you, Lord. We praise your worthy name and we ask you for your anointing. And God, we pray in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Amen. Joshua 7, verse 7. Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou ought? Uh, and all brought uh, this people over Jordan to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. Would to God we would have been content to dwell and dwell on the other side of Jordan. Oh, Lord, what will shall I say when Israel turneth their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it, shall environ around us, uh, us around and cut us. Cut off our name from the earth, and what wilt thou do unto thy great name? God bless you. You can be seated. What's going on? The people of God lost a battle. What? Joshua is, his mind is blown. Because God's people aren't supposed to be losing, they're supposed to be winning. God promised them to be winning. In fact, they had just left a a battle there at Jericho, and... And God gave them a miracle and, and just proved that he was there amongst them. And if God is for you, who can be against you? So it didn't make sense to Joshua. And he starts saying, God, what is going on? Because this, this uh, city that they had come against was a small city. In fact, they spied it out. And they said, it's not, not very, no big deal. This is just light work. We won't even send our whole army in. We're going to be all right because God's on our side. And they lost the battle. And as something was going on, Joshua said, this doesn't make any sense because we've got a promise to win. God answers his prayer. He starts saying, God, what are they going to say about you? This is about your glory. This is about your name. 
You've called us to, to win battles. Yeah. Not just win every now and then, but to win battles. Yeah. Not just to have chance like everybody else, not to prove it. We, call, we are with you, and Lord, this world needs to see how great you are. Well, right. well these great testimonies we had just yeah. right along the line of this. God said, you know, it's not my, it's not my problem's not with me. You need to look at yourself. Yeah. There's some things in your life. I've got victory for you in this next battle you're in. But look at your own life. Look at, there's some things in your life that need to, need to, to be broken in you so that you can have full victory. See, here's the thing. You're going to fight battles. There's no prayer you can pray that's going to make it easy for you. I'm, I've seen it. I've seen people do so well, kind of like. Jesus said that that seed is planted, the word of God planted in the hearts of people, and they they start doing so good, but then trouble comes. It doesn't say maybe it would come. It comes. The enemy is going to fight you. And you're going to have battles. You're going to have difficulties. You're going to have struggles because you're in this world. But you're not of it. Don't beat yourself up because, oh, I can't understand. I'm, I'm living for God. It should be easy. Where's that written in the Bible? Right. You, you, I'm going to tell you what. Did Jesus, I mean, and nobody, nobody just lived a perfect life. Did he have it easy? Everybody, and they lived happily ever after in Jesus, right? No, they hated him. Right. They lied about him. They crucified him. Right. Moses had troubles, battles with those nations around, battles outside. Trouble in church. Sure. Amen. There's trouble with the disciples. Trouble in the, in the New Testament church. There's going to be trouble. The question is, how are you going to deal with that trouble? Are you going to overcome? Are you going to deal with it like, like a Christian, like a winner? Praise the Lord. Because are we going to just go ahead and say, well, you know, we quote this verse so often and I want you to know it's in Proverbs 24. Verse 10, if thou faint in the day of adversity. See, we like to look at ourselves and say, under perfect circumstances, I'm a great Christian. It's just that problem that came by. That's not fair. Well, it's not. But see, we're in a battle. We've got an enemy. And we're not in heaven yet. Somebody say, I noticed. Hallelujah. I noticed. We're not in heaven yet, but... We get this idea that as long as everything goes our way, we, we act like a saint. But, you know, when trouble comes, adversity comes, if you faint in the day of adversity, well, the, thy strength is small. You were made. You were reborn, let me say. You were given salvation to have something that can yeah. conquer in battles. Right. You've got the power of God in you so that when things aren't optimal, right. you can still bear fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. Right. Amen. I, I do really good when everything's easy, but when certain things come against me, I fall apart. Hey, that's when you need to learn how to lean on God. Right. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Bible says he'll raise up a standard. He'll raise up a rallying point to fight right. when the battle gets tough. Yeah. Right. Amen. Oh, but you don't know it's in my home. Fight. And be an overcomer. You don't know what's at my job. Go ahead and win anyhow. You don't know what's in my neighborhood. You don't know what comes against me internally. God's got something bigger than that. Yes. You remember David? 
just a young shepherd boy. And there is a nine foot plus giant coming down there and making everybody scared. And David said, is there not a cause? You guys forgot that we're on God's side. Hello? Did you ever just stop and think, and when you're getting all excited about David, did you ever just stop and think of yourself being that young man and walking up and visualizing seeing a warrior that big looking at you, threatening you? What kind of faith? It's one thing to read it on the page. It's another thing to realize he marched out there in the name of the Lord in boldness and said, I've got something bigger than you. Amen. How about the, how about the prophet that looked at his servant and saw the armies around him? And he said, Hey, guess what? The, 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 his servant is losing his mind. We are, they, they're coming against us. We got no hope. He said, There's more with us than there are with them. He's just playing it cool, saying, you know what? We've got more on our side with God than they got in their whole army. And he just prays a little prayer and says, hey, God, open his eyes. Let him see what I know is already there. And all of a sudden, the, the, the servant boy looks out the window and the hosts of heaven are encamped around about the prophet's home. Amen. Hey, listen to me. You are on the winning side. In this last day when everything is dark and everything is coming down to the end times, we need to understand what kind of salvation we really have. Amen. Being a child of God. Hallelujah. It was not reasonable for Joshua to say we lost a battle. It wasn't good enough for him to say, oh, well, we'll pick up and try again later. He had to know, hey, we don't lose. We're on God's side. We've got to have that understanding in us. We've got to recognize that losing is not the option. Amen. That when we fall apart, when we start seeing that we met the challenge and caved in, hey, God, I need to learn how to lean on you better. Praise the Lord. If we're going to accomplish something for God, we're going to have to learn how to get over some things. We're going to have to learn how to deal with some things. We're going to have to learn what happens and something goes on. Maybe in the house of God. Maybe in our homes. Maybe on the way to church. Who knows? We're going to have to learn how to say, you know what, God? It's going to be all right. I know how to just get in there and do what I need to do and fight. And you're going to find in victory God works miracles in your life to grow and be stronger through it. Matthew 5. Matthew 5 really the only people that aren't going to be challenged when you read Matthew 5 are the ones that aren't really listening. All right. So that means we're all going to be challenged. Right. Matthew 5 verse 43. Now this is Jesus. You're a follower of Jesus. You're a Christian. Christ-like. Got the spirit of Jesus in you. All right. Hallelujah. I don't care what denomination, I don't care what you label yourself. If you're following Jesus, then this ought to matter because this is what he's saying. Matthew 5, verse 43. You have heard that it had been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Praise God. Pray for them which despitefully use you. That word despitefully use means they insult you. They treat you abusively. They threaten you. Doesn't say you have to hang around somebody who's doing that consistently to you, but pray for them. Pray for them. 
and persecute you, that, listen now, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh the sun to rise on the evil and on the good, sendeth the rain on the just and on the unjust. What's that mean? That means my demeanor, my attitude doesn't change because of who's in the room. God sends the rain on you and on your neighbors when your lawn is dry. When your garden is hurting. Amen. He sends you rain and he sends your neighbors rain too. When you need a little sunshine, he sends it to you. Thank you, Lord. And your neighbors get it too. God doesn't say, no rain for you. (laughs) And he says, you want to be the child of your father. You want to be like him. Look at this now. If you love them which love you, what reward have you? Yeah. Right. Even do not even the publicans the same. Yeah. You know what he's saying? You don't need God to be nice to your friends. Yeah. That's right. You go down to the bar and people are nice to their buddies. Yeah. But you know what? In the house of God, you ought to be able to just be nice. Yeah. Right. Period. Yeah. No matter who's around. Amen. You say, ah, you know, they got to earn respect. You be respectful. Yeah. Right. You be a Christian. You show them that you got something better than they got. Yeah. You know, when you lower yourself and get nasty and seek revenge on people and try to show them, I don't approve of you. You know what? They say, you got the same thing I've got. All right. That's right. I can do that to people that I don't agree with. Yeah. That's right. Amen. Right. If you salute your brethren only. What more than others do, do not even the publicans so be therefore perfect. Now, that word perfect, a lot of times I've looked at that and thought, well, man, that means I can't fail. No, it's not saying you don't fail. It says, but be, be consistent. All right. No matter where you are, God is good. Look at the context of this. Just don't, don't all of a sudden lose your mind because somebody's not acting the way you ought to think they ought to act. You have something bigger than they have. Right. You have something better than they have. Yeah. Well, praise God. Be therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. What's he saying in all this? A lot of good stuff. A lot of challenges. But what he's saying is, church, you're living for God. You're loving God. That doesn't mean everybody's going to treat you nice. That doesn't mean every situation is going to be just tailor fit to, to, to you and your personality. You're going to have to have something bigger than what people can feed into you. You got God feeding into your spirit. Amen. So you know what? They can't ruin my day. My, my day is not in their pocket. They can't ruin my attitude. They don't have control over my attitude. I've got victory in my spirit. Amen. Well, praise God. God's given us that kind of power to be victorious. But you don't have it if you're not filled up. If you're empty, if you're lacking, you know what? You're going to be looking for validation. You're going to be looking for people to, to give to. You're going to be a taker. But when you get in prayer and God fills you and you stay filled up, you don't go one day to the next not filled up. You don't come into the house of God and just go through the motions. You get filled up and you're going to be so, so just blessed and so excited about God. They're not, the devil can't ruin your day. He's under your feet. He's under your feet. Stay filled up. There's going to be days. Amen. There's going to be days. Well, praise God. Oh, my, my wife doesn't understand. Go ahead and be a child of God. My husband doesn't understand. Go ahead and be a child of God. Bible says you can win that one. That's even an unbeliever without your words, just your victorious attitude that I'm not going to, I'm not going to jump into a fight and I've got, 
got something bigger than that. I've got something better than that. There's going to be situations on your job, in your neighborhood, and, and everywhere you go that they're going to hate you sometimes. They're going to curse you sometimes. They're going to insult you, treat you abusively, persecute you, threaten you. Can the church say amen? amen? That's the truth. Yes, sir. So what do we do? Well, we got to learn how to be filled up with the spirit of Jesus. Yeah, well, praise God. Yes, sir, amen. We got to be we got to be uh, we got to be able to overcome. The Bible says we're more than conquerors. Yeah. You read it there again in the book of Revelation. There's seven letters to seven churches there in Asia. And every one of them has a different set of circumstances. Right. And it's not enough for them to say, it's just not fair. You know, if I was in Ephesus, I could live for God. Well, you're not. Yeah. Right. So you know what you got to do? You need to get enough of God to live for God right there in Pergamos. <laughs> or right there in Laodicea. You got to be filled up. Yeah. You can't say, well, it's not fair this. Hey, you just got to get a hold of God. God's got what you need. You got a very personal relationship with God. If you know how to dig in there and say, okay, God, here's the problem. He says, I'm the solution. It's not just a cliche. It's not just a a matter of of adjusting your attitude. It's about being filled with the spirit of God. That the enemy does not have victory over you. And you understand your faith is such that you just know it. You understand what God said. Amen. If, if it's got me, if somehow, you know, somebody asked me here a while ago and uh, they said, you know, I've I heard somebody talking about uh, specific spiritual forces like demons that are like a lust demon or a pride demon or an anger demon. And, and I heard somebody talking about that. And I said, well, uh, let me just uh, I'll tell you what I do know from the Bible. The Bible talks about lust and anger and, and a whole lot of other things, and it, it points to our flesh. Yeah. Calls them works of the flesh. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yes, and when I go over to James, he said every man is tempted. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. When he's drawn away by his own lusts yeah. and enticed. Yeah. So I don't know that maybe there, there could be, but... If any devil has just got a specific job for specific sin, possibly, but I will tell you this. He'll use your flesh. He'll use your flesh. And if you don't have victory over it, you'll you'll be drawn in and enticed. Amen. Amen. When it says every man is drawn away by his own lust, that's not necessarily uh, what we would. We think about lust, we yeah. think about it in a, in a in a sexual manner, but lust really in a biblical sense is just what we want. Yeah, right. And some people want to be angry. Yeah, that's right. And maybe you feel like you have a right to be angry. Right. But you know, your attitude still needs to be Christ-like. Be angry, the Bible says, yeah. but sin not. Right. So the enemy will come in and work on you. Yeah. Work on... And so... So I'm going to have to fight that enemy. Going to learn how to not submit and surrender to the enemy. Are you hearing me? I got to learn. And then I got to look at myself just like Joshua did and said, Joshua said, there's some things in the camp you need to deal with. So if I feel like maybe this has got me in a vulnerable situation and I don't have victory over this in my life, uh, you're not going to, you're not... 
it just doesn't fly the whole thing where you say, well, the devil made me do it. Right. I heard somebody one time, they come to me at work and they say, I'll tell you what, I just, whew, I, you know, my husband isn't a Christian and, and, you know, I get so angry and upset and I, and I just cuss him out and tell him what he, what he needs to do and where he needs to go and uh, pray for me that his spirit doesn't get on me anymore. <laughs> Isn't that something? Yeah. You know, I, you know, not hey, I need to be stronger in that. I need to, I need to be kind, and I need to show him something. I got something better than him, so he wants what I have. No, no, no. It, it was, you know what? That demon he's got got on me again. <laughs> it's you know, that's that's our that's our ways. You know, that's that's yeah. from our. We get it honest, as some say. You know, from our first parents. Good old, uh, good old Adam got confronted with his sins, and he said, "God, well, you know what a what a just a messed up way to say it. You know, God, it was, he didn't just say it was a woman; it's a woman you gave me. So, you know, kind of a little backhand slap to God. You know, not only was it not he not man enough to say, you know what, it was me." I messed up. I knew better and I should have done. He said, that's one. That woman was there. But remember how she got here, Lord. So you kind of set me up, didn't you? When you can look at yourself just like Joshua, God said, get up off your face and quit whining to me. You got to go clean up your life. I got to look at me and say, God, you called me to be a winner. You call. I want to tell you something today. You have a savior that can take you uh, to where you soar over those challenges, where you have victory over the adversity that the devil, you resist him and he flees from you. But it's not because you're not having trouble. Don't you let the devil tell you, oh, see, something's wrong because you're having trouble. Trouble's going to come. But listen to me, Jesus, the word of God tells us that that trouble is like a fire and it'll refine you. If you don't hear what I'm telling you right now, that God wants to put courage in you to overcome some of those battles, to be stronger in those areas, to 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 address the things that 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 still can pull you down. You're not getting you're not seeing the true value of the fire God lets in your life. Because he's trying to refine you, make you better. Look at First Peter. First Peter five. How how do you have men and women in the Word of God that stand up against dictators and even stand up at the at the risk of death and persecution and stand up and say I, I, I'm going to obey God. God's, God, I'm, I'm, I'm serving God. I can't. I'm not going to obey you. I'm going to obey God. How do they do that? All right. Because they have something so much greater. Yeah. Right. Amen. Amen. First Peter five, verse five. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another. Be clothed with humility. Yes. Pause there a moment. That's the attitude of a child of God. Submission to one another is it's important not only for the younger to respect the older, but we respect one another. Yes, sir. Right. Somebody says, well, man, you ought to respect the, the, the preacher. Well, the preacher better respect you. That's right. We need to respect one another. Yeah. Right. Amen. Yes, sir. 
And I don't believe it's just respect and just, just, oh, you know, I'll respect you a whole lot and you, and I'm a preacher, so I respect you a little bit. (laughs) No, it's just God. Amen. And any preacher that doesn't understand that is proud, and we're going to talk about that. And that's one another. Yeah. Say, oh, man, a, a husband being a, a head of the wife. And, and, hey, the Bible says love your wife as Christ loved the church, gave himself for it. That's a lot of love. So we, that kind of respect and love. Yeah, oh, my hus- a wife ought to reverence and uh, her husband and, and respect. Absolutely. But it goes both ways. Right. And it's not just, well, I, okay, well, I'm measuring and I'm, you know, because I'm a leader, I, I, res- I don't have to respect as much as you. No, you really do. You need, Bible says your prayers be hindered. Younger people, he said, younger people ought to respect the elder. And that's, that's something that this uh, culture has, has just thrown out. It has. But at the same time, it says we ought to respect one another. And we ought to be clothed with humility. Don't take yourself so seriously. You know, stuff, things happen. And, you know, sometimes just even in a situation like this, you know, we, we believe God's working and God's spirit is moving. But we, we fumble along sometimes. Don't, don't be so ready to be offended at something that happens because, you know what, we're just, in, at the end of it all, we're just God's servants and yeah. some dirt he put together. <laughs> right. That's for the preacher. That's for those God's using. We're, we're not as, just be clothed with humility. Yeah. Right. You know, somebody, you know, somebody does something, stumbles or something, or something you know, we don't, oh, look at how dumb they are. You're stumbling too. Yeah. You're just not paying attention. Right. Amen. And then if you do stumble, ah, oh, I'm so, don't be. Yeah, after a while, just don't worry about it, you know? Yeah. You're human. Yeah. Doing your best to live for God. Right. Cut yourself some slack and just, yeah. just be humble about it. All right. Be humble about yes, it. Sir. You know why? Look what it says. God resists the proud. Yeah. Right. Gives grace to the humble. Yeah. That's it. You won't be so quick to defend yourself right. when you're not really, that's not your goal in life. Your goal is to defend God. I'm not saying you never defend yourself. I'm just saying sometimes that's all we look at and, and trying to, to, to just win battles that really don't matter so much. God resists the proud. You know, Job, that great book of Job, Job suffered and he worshiped God. He suffered and he gave God glory. He, he, he lost everything and he honored God. And when his friends came by and said, Job, you had to sin because you know, bad things don't happen to good people. They were wrong, but Job got caught up into that and started defending himself. And God stepped in and said, hey, wait a minute. Yeah. You're acting like I've been unfair to you, Job. It was that sense of self-defense rather than seeing a bigger picture in God that caused a great man to have to get corrected by God. Right. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. God's going to exalt you. God sees you. God's going to help you. God's, God's working for you. And when you're filled up with him, that's the most important. Casting. Casting all your care upon him. Because it's a continual process. Amen. Because care comes. You cast it down and it's still coming. And you're still dealing with it. Amen. I'm not telling you that having victory doesn't mean the battles keep coming. The crazy thoughts, the intrusive thoughts don't try to infect your mind. Those that keep you from worshiping God, keep casting. 
keep casting. Amen. Sometimes as quick as you can cast it, the devil comes back again with a, with a, with a stupid idea or a thought to pull you down. Keep casting it. That's the reality of it. Amen. Just don't hold on to it. Casting your care upon him for he careth for you. Thank God he does. See this thing. God knows what you're going through. God knows what you need and God knows what's truly important. When you just really continue to, you can have victory when you keep your focus on God. Be sober, be vigilant, be watchful. Why? Now listen now. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. We talked about that the other day, didn't we? It's not can he, it's may he. He may devour those that are walking reckless, careless. They're allowing those things. That's why you got to look at your life and say, okay, God, you didn't save me to lose. You saved me to win. You didn't save me to be an old carnal this full of, of anger and fear and discouragement. And, and, and you, you, you saved me to, to be a light, to have victory. You saved me to have victory when the devil fights that he's under my feet. You saved me to win battles. Amen. Listen, I know a lot of folks, they think he saved me so I don't have any battles. No. No. In this world, you will have trouble. You'll have tribulation. Amen. In this world, you'll have tribulation. Be a good cheer. He said, I've overcome the world. You got something bigger than your tribulation. You got something bigger than your trial. Hallelujah. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing the same afflictions are accomplished in your brother that are in this brethren that are in this world. There's other people fighting battles, too. You're going to be all right. You can make it. You can make it. There's other people that have fought these battles and are, are just because you see somebody in church and they seem like they've got victory doesn't mean they don't have battles. You don't have victory without battles. They know what it's like to fight battles. They know what it's like to, to have to face the enemy. They know what it's like to get hit hard in a, in a bad place. Amen. That just hard for them and hurts them. They know, but they know how to respond to that. They know how, and that's what we need to learn. And that's why I really feel like this is just the first of a series. We entitled this message, When the Going Gets Tough, Part (laughs) 1. Because the going's getting tough-er. It's been tough, but it's getting tougher. And if you're going to endure to the end, you're going to have to learn how to respond to that without falling apart. You've got to learn how to respond to that in a way that moves forward and doesn't keep on causing more and more problems. In the church, in your home, in your mind. Amen. Because you have been born again for victory. Resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brother that are in the world. But, listen now, but the God of all grace who hath called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while. It's not easy. There's so much in this Bible about struggling and suffering and, and, and some of these things, some of, the, some of the very verses that we quote that are promises and, and are people that were in prison, people that were, were hated and despised, and, but they had something bigger. Had 
had something bigger than the, the dictators of their day. They had something better than what the devil was bringing against them. They had something better than the problems that surrounded their lives. They were filled up with God and his goodness. God of all grace who hath called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus after that you have suffered a while. Listen, this is God's desire for us. Make you perfect. Establish. Somebody say establish. To establish you. You're, you're, you're solid. You're steadfast, unmovable. Amen? Amen. Bible says steadfast, unmovable, always abounding. Always means through the trouble, you're abounding. Through the adversity, you're abounding. Through every situation, you're you're doing well because you got Jesus. Your eyes aren't on the problem, they're on the solution. Your focus is not on the trouble, it's on the the opportunity to do something for God. See, this is the thing that some people just never, never get. When you feel the pressure in your life, that's a time to look and say, hey, you know what, devil? You don't got me. You're not going to get me down. I, I, I feel like God, God has doing something. The devil's fighting against it, and it's up to me to help keep pushing it in the right direction. I just wonder what it'd be like if everybody got on that page. If everybody just stopped pulling, and we all started pulling the same way. When, when it gets a little tougher, we dig in a little bit harder and pull a little bit harder. Amen. Rather than when the devil tries to say, oh yeah, but what about this one? And what about him? And what about her? We just say, hey devil, I'm not, I'm doing a good work. I don't need to be distracted by that. I got something bigger and better than that. Amen. But what about my home? Keep pulling towards the kingdom of God. Keep winning and let Let's see what God does. The Bible says he's called us after you suffered a while to make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. God wants to settle us in this. That it's not just a question anymore. Hey, I wonder. Oh, I don't know what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen. God's for us. I know what's going to happen. God's going to give us victory. I know what's going to happen. If there is a fire, it's going to just burn away all the problems and all the chaff. And we're going to go ahead and go on even better. Amen. Because the devil doesn't have victory over a child of God. Amen. He's going to strengthen you, settle you to him. Be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. God's called you to win some battles. God's Listen now. God's not only called you to win some battles to help other people win. Help other people get victory. To help pull them through the fire and see God be glorified today. Oh, don't you know how we're living in end times and things getting worse? Oh, I know all that. Hallelujah. Get busy for Jesus. Start praying like you need to pray. You know what? That's that's more important than, than any of me talking to you or you talking to me praying and talking to God. Getting strength and getting direction and getting wisdom and getting an, oh, hallelujah. And then saying, okay, God, I'm going to go home stronger. I'm going to go home with something bigger than that. I'm going to go out to my job. I'm going to go out to my my world. I'm going to go out to my situation and have something bigger than all the things that used to be able to pull me down. They don't have that control over me anymore. Because I've got victory in Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Those old things that have pulled you down, those old things that have caused you to, well, to act like the old you.
works of the flesh rather than fruit of the Spirit, God help us to win battles. Oh, hallelujah. I can tell you today I'm excited about being the church of the end times. That God would call you and I for such a time as this. I'll tell you He's going to equip you to be the part of His plan that He has called you to from the foundation of the world. Did you hear what I'm saying? He's got a plan for you. He's got a plan for the part of the body of Christ you are in this time of history. And it's time to understand this great salvation He's given you. It'll cause you to re-examine yourself. It'll cause you to look back into your foundation and say, Do I have it? Do I still have it like I like I had it? Or do I have it right like I need it? Or am I fumbling? Am I losing battles? Am I letting the enemy get an advantage? Is my flesh got room to work against God's plan in my life? God's working in this day. I want to encourage you. God's got what you need. Listen to me. God's got what you need to have a victorious life. To have peace in your life. To have strength in your life. To have strength that's greater than all the people around you. All the, oh hallelujah, all the challenges that you will face. God's got victory for you. Come on, let's find a place to pray. Let's talk to God. Let's take some time. God's going to help you be stronger in the because of your battle.
things that endure. They have victory. They win battles. You make choices throughout your day to fill your heart, your mind with His Word, with His Spirit, with the right kind of decisions that strengthen you. You're going you're gonna to have the right kind of results when the enemy comes against you. God's working in this last day and the devil hates it. God's working in our lives in special ways. The devil's going to fight you. But we need to understand the gates of hell, the Bible says, will not prevail against his church. We're not frightened. We don't live in fear. We're not worried about our reputation. We just want to see God's kingdom grow. God wants to use each one of us. Praying for you, church. I know. I know the battles are tough. I know it's not a game. But I pray that something that was said today would give you courage, strength, for your strength, for your help. And thank you for brothers and sisters that are there to encourage us and help us to continue on. Help us, Lord, to be an encouragement. Help us to be a strength. Build one another up and edify. Lord, bless each one, I pray. You know what we're going through. You know what we're facing, but help us to be overcomers. Lord, bless the rest of this day, the service tonight for your glory. We love you. We thank you, God. We ask it all in Jesus' name.